Well, let's head to Shanghai now. Combine one of the most populated cities in the world with a national zero COVID policy, and it can lead to some pretty extreme sites, such as the case in Shanghai, China's most populous city, where a COVID outbreak has seen the entire city go into lockdown. It is a big, bustling, city-never-sleeps kind of place, Shanghai. I've spent quite a bit of time there. Uh, Restrictions were due to end for much of the city this week, but on Tuesday, it's Thursday now, authorities there said that they would extend them indefinitely as they await the results of a citywide testing effort that saw samples taken from almost 26 million people in just 24 hours. The logistical challenges required to confine that many people to their homes while keeping them fed, of course, is massive. And there has been signs of growing public frustration. China is sticking to its zero-tolerance approach, mandating lockdowns, mass testing, and the compulsory isolation of suspected cases and close contacts. Well, joining me now from Shanghai is Canadian Carl Bro. He's the CEO of Simon Engineering. Carl, thank you so much for your time. And I, I guess it's Thursday morning there, so another day of, of, of lockdowns. Yes, exactly. Yes, we're Thursday. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And yes, it's uh, Thursday morning, 1030. So tell me what it's been like. I mean, I've been to Shanghai. It is literally one of the busiest cities I've ever set foot in. It's hard to imagine it being shut down, but I gather that's more or less what's happened. Yes, really. And it's it's true, you know, especially even through the the last two years of the pandemic. I mean, Shanghai has essentially been pretty well, pretty much close to normal. I mean, people, you know, the, the stores were bustling. We we're going to restaurants. We we're going to bars, you know, essentially leading, of course, working. Uh, we have a pretty, we had pretty much a normal life. And it's really strange to see this. I mean, and like you were mentioning, it is by now. It was a, initially was to be first Pudong, like half the city was supposed to shut down or lock down about a week ago. And then it was supposed to reopen again and have Pushi, which is the other half where I live, to be the Guander lockdown. But now, uh, well, Pudong just didn't open up. And then we actually, Pushi actually started earlier. And uh, and now the whole city is locked down. So the streets, you see it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some of those videos where you have the drones going yeah. over the city. The streets are empty. The, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a true... Plus here, when they say lockdown, it's really locked down. So we're, we're at home. We cannot exit our, our condominium. Of course, I'm lucky, but because we have a, a courtyard, so we can go in our courtyard, but we cannot exit home. We're at the whole city of Shanghai, like you were mentioning, 25, 26 million people are sitting at home. I mean, that creates, a, 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 as it's been seen in numerous places, a huge amount of logistical issues, the least of which is how do you eat? I mean, how do you do your day? How do you grocery shop? How do you get food in the house? Yes. So, well, even more so because when they announced the lockdown, uh, it was supposed to be a five-day lockdown with half the city, right? So most of the people here, even here in our residential compound, most people were preparing for five days, right? It's been already, uh, well, obviously already more than that. So now people are, are, are starting to complain. Now, to, now it's been twice already that actually... <laughs> Talking of logistical challenges, actually, the there are I mean our local government they sent groceries to us. So just uh, I guess about five days ago, we received a bag of groceries with you know meat, chicken, uh, potatoes, uh, you know everything essentially. And then we received another one yesterday. So can you imagine? So I'm not sure. I don't want to say it's something that goes beyond us, but as far as I know, in our residential compound and just about everybody I know, last few days actually we're being and it's free so so we receive a bag of or it's a box in that case but we received the box of groceries yesterday so the 
that the government is actually feeding the, the population just to avoid, you know, a bigger problem, which would be people running out of food, I guess. I guess, I mean, have you noticed a sense of frustration? Maybe we're reading about a sense of frustration. I guess, uh, you know, when you have that many people and you're trying to provide for that many people, uh, there are always going to be stories where things go wrong. But are you sensing the frustration or is everyone just sort of hunkered down now, hoping this will end soon? Well, I'm, I guess I'm lucky in a way that I have more visibility as to how people are feeling because I'm also a volunteer. So, so that means that, for example, when we do PCR testing here in our neighborhood, uh, you know, you got the, I don't know, I'm sure you've seen the images of, you know, people in the white uh, hazmat suits, they call us the big whites. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually a big white uh, Dabai uh, here right. in, in Shanghai. So, so, so. Uh, to answer your question about frustration. So I'm l- lucky in a way because, you know, I'm there and, and essentially my role in, in when we do volunteer work is to help the people, uh, especially the elderly, uh, upload the app and be able to to have the QR code ready so they can usually essentially serve as ID as they do their PCR testing. But my point is that, well, I would say it's true to say by, by far, by far, the population in general really supports its, I mean, it's probably unusual for maybe for for your audience but still here by far they really support the zero covid policy i think they really support uh everything that's going on but it's for the first time i'm starting to see a little bit of frustration so you could hear you know some people are, are there and they just and you know they they've been stuck at home now for a while so for them you know it creates a bit of anxiety you know you're stuck at home you can't go out so there's a bit of a psychological uh aspect to it as well but i could i could for the first time really yesterday when we were doing pcr testing during the day uh i could feel especially some of the younger people some of the you know people that just have sort of a more of a <laughs> that attitude i guess they are starting to say you know is does it really make sense you know because i don't know if you know but yesterday Yesterday, we had almost 20,000 cases just in Shanghai in one city, I think 19,900 something. So, so people are saying, well, how does, how does that mathematically work? You know, you have a city that was on full lockdown for seven days. So people are staying at home. There's no contacts and we still have 20,000 cases per day. So you, I mean, to answer your question, long answer, but yes, I think they're starting to be a bit of seed of frustration, especially from the younger People are, you know, sort of young professional types here in Shanghai. I'm speaking with Canadian Carl Bro. He's the CEO of Simon Engineering. He's a Shanghai resident. Uh, and we're talking about the lockdown of that city. 26 million, 25, 26 million people there. It is a city that literally never sleeps. And right now it's under lockdown again today, uh, Thursday there. I, it's fascinating that you're a volunteer because one of the questions I had was how do you PCR test 25 million people? And you would know because you're right there on the front lines doing it. Yes, it's uh, and it's very interesting, right? So, so to be able to do that, the logistical challenge is amazing, right? Because they're doing uh, the way it works is the uh, well, it depends a little bit, but in our compound here, they alternate. So one day we receive a uh, self test that we somebody just essentially hangs it on the on the door, and then during the day we need to do a self test and we need to submit the self test to I guess a bit what you could call maybe like a community center or something like this. It's not really government, but it's sort of the the what manages the community here. Normally it would be more in terms of you know managing uh, garbage removal and things like this, but now it, they're playing that role. So so we get the self test, we take a picture, and we send it to the we just essentially online submit our picture and then it's okay but then of course the, the second day 
then it's made by a doctor. So then you have, or it's probably a nurse. They call them doctors, but I think they're actually either doctors or nurses. And then, so you have uh, thousands, of course, of, I mean, because it's the whole, I mean, the whole population will do testing, right? So it's 25, I'm not sure exact number, but 23 million tests in one day, not the two months, right? In one day, every two days. That's so you got thousands, thousands of these uh, nurses and doctors coming in. In our in our neighborhood here, we have, uh, I'm not sure, maybe 5,000 people living in our neighborhood. I think the exact number is somewhere between four and 5,000. So there was maybe 10 or 15 of those doctors coming in. And then you got an army, I think we're like 150 or 100 uh, volunteers uh, that are essentially helping. So, you know, so you, we, we would, so how does it work? So we bring a little table there you know and then there's the the equipment that's coming in essentially for doing the pcr testing the qr code the little machine and you know the the tubes everything so we received that we set that up and then there's a line there's a uh, you know essentially so we set there was maybe four or five of those little if you want uh, uh, temporary uh, PCR testing centers, and then and then for every one doctor, you probably have maybe a fifteen or twenty volunteers, like I was, and then uh, right. we essentially just and then you have people coming out, and then we do testing, and that's how it works. And if you're just tuning into the conversation, I'm speaking with Carl Bro. He's the CEO of Simon Engineering and a Canadian living in Shanghai. We're talking about this massive, very busy city, completely locked down right now because of a surge of COVID cases and China's zero tolerance policy, which essentially means isolating and confining until you can eradicate uh, a very virulent virus at this point, Omicron. Uh, Carl, we've been reading a lot about, uh, someone asked me if the drones were real, and I gather they are indeed real. If you've seen these videos of drones circulating at night, telling people to get back in the house if they're out on their balconies, for instance. Uh, I don't know. I only saw, I saw the same video, so I've never yeah. seen a, a drone, but I've seen the video. So uh, yeah. it's hard to say the video is real. I would, yeah. I would think it's probably more of a, uh, of a, uh, something very sort of local. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I haven't seen it outside my window and right. I essentially live outside in my courtyard, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'll 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 let uh, we'll let people figure out whether that drone was real or not. Tell me a bit about. I mean, just there has been talk about the quarantine facilities. So, if you test positive, you essentially have to go into one of these facilities, whether you're asymptomatic or symptomatic, but you end up somewhere outside of your home. Is that right? Uh, well, yes, and it starts out from something which I think is quite interesting. Uh, you know, when when you look at the statistics in Canada of the proportion out of say 100 people who are uh, tested positive to say Omicron or BA2, uh, uh, you know, there's a, there's a quite a big proportion of those which are asymptomatic. I'm not sure the number, but maybe you know 50 50 or something. Mm-hmm. Here. Uh, because the sampling is 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 uh, it's a total sampling, right? So when you right. designate say a district, hundred percent of the people there would be tested. So it's not the subset of people who think maybe they have symptoms or you know that some there's a reason for them to do testing. What it turns out is that I think it's like ninety eight or even ninety nine percent of the people who test positive are are asymptomatic. It's an amazing wow. number. It's it's so so then that brings in two things. So the first one is what you just said, which is okay. So the government is sort of thinking, well, well so it's what we've been hearing, and essentially the Canadian, I guess, experience shows, uh, among other experiences, that you know the it's not that virulent. It's not as you know as dangerous as obviously the the previous sort of variants were uh, just 
virus being more contagious. So they did two things. The first one is, yes, so you, it's, they don't go to hospital, right? Those uh, asymptomatic. So they go to, I guess, uh, I've never, I don't know of nobody with, I unfortunately don't know of people, you know, in my close to me that are tested positive. But uh, but I, I I know they exist. So so they reconvert the sort of a, a a large stadium not too far from here to become a place essentially where they they quarantine these asymptomatic cases there for I'm not sure how long maybe a week or two. Mm-hmm. So that that is true. Uh, the second thing is that is bringing in a lot of uh, there. So there's a lot of talk uh, online and even in the official media in terms of the strategy now, you know, which is the obvious, you know, I was in Canada at the end of, of, of December. I was in Quebec more specifically where things were sort of where Omicron was hitting and the numbers were shooting up. And the first reaction of the government is essentially to, to, to make the measures even more stringent, right? You, so we travel less, you do this and that, and which is, which is what's happening now in Shanghai. In Canada, a few weeks later, it sort of went the other way. Say, okay, well, I guess the measures won't work, so we'll just open it again and you know live with it. And I'm not sure, but I sort of have a feeling in the official media that there's a little bit of talk now of maybe talking about a bit, about the zero COVID strategy. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case here as well, but I'm thinking uh, because of those numbers that that could change. Right. I, I mean, from a business standpoint, and this, like, we have a few minutes left here, Carl, but I mean, you own a business. Has it had any impact? Are we going to see an impact here with what's happening? I mean, China is still such an important part of the global economic engine. Is this going to hit in any way uh, supply chain issues? There's already supply chain issues, obviously. Uh, I think so, but I think it's not going to be significant in the large frame of things. I think I can take it as an example, Shenzhen. So Shenzhen went through what Shanghai is going through now, uh, I guess about a month ago now. So they went into total lockdown. It's almost the same thing as Shanghai. And of course, Shenzhen is a big industrial center. Shanghai, I guess, could be more considered as a more like a financial services center. So they went through a shutdown and then uh, and then they were looking at the numbers very much like they're here so as long as the numbers were going up in terms of cases per day they were staying in the lockdown but then if you lock down a whole city at some point you know it's 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 got to come down so and when it started to come down actually shenzhen just for essentially just because there's a supply chain but here it's the economy right so i mean you, you just can't stop the economy of our you know 25 million dollar uh 25 million uh population city for 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 that long so as start as soon as the 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 numbers keep uh, start to go down. If we look at Shenzhen, then they reopen very, very quickly. How has it been for you? I mean, how are you holding up? I guess you get to volunteer, so you get out of the house. But how are you holding up in in this in this lockdown? Considering it's been extended, and and uh, you know, how are you and and everyone around you uh, coping? Uh, I I mean, we're lucky because we have a uh, because most. As you know, you know most uh, apartments or condominiums. I own a home here, but uh, uh, typically is 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 not very big, and you some of them even have closed down their their balcony. But I'm lucky because I can go out. I can be outside. I would tell you that because I just came back from Canada, right in in January. So I was two weeks in real lockdown in a hotel, and that psychologically becomes very difficult. So, but I think psychologically, just the fact that I'm able to be outside is is probably not representative of what most people here in Shanghai are living because if I look at sort of the groups and the people talking I think uh, I think there's a bit of a psychological toll now you know and then essentially yes it's true that the government is sending food out but you know it's it's a weird anxiety right to be stuck inside a 
sort of a small apartment and starting to think about if you're going to be running out of food, right? So you, you put that on a, a scale of 25 million people. I think there's a lot of anxiety. I can feel it around me. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, well uh, Carl, I wish you the best of luck. Um, it's fascinating to hear all about what's happening in Shanghai. Uh, my memories of Shanghai, are, of course, is always being in a huge crowd of people and the fact that the Shanghainese are pretty outspoken about things. So if they're angry, they'll tell you. Uh, so I can imagine there's probably some of that going on too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> more and more. Carl Bro. Yeah, thank you so much. Good luck. I, I'm Obviously, we hope this lockdown ends sooner than later. Uh, but uh, But good luck and thanks for speaking with us. Thanks for shedding some light on what's going on there. Thank you. It was a pleasure.